Welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. I'm your host, Leo Dan. Today, I'm joined by Evan Stone. Evan, of course, is of iOS DevBreak and Swift Remote Studio and is also with Martian Craft, correct, as of this November, which is awesome. Yeah, that's it's been a really great experience. Uh, a really talented group of folks that, that I work with. It's been a, an amazing experience uh, joining Mar- Martian Craft. And yes, I, I also have the iOS DevBreak podcast and uh, that's been very kind of sporadic over the last year actually ever kind of since the pandemic started it's been hit and miss i'm really hoping to get more episodes going uh, as as uh, as time goes on uh, especially now that wwdc is here so there's a lot to talk about exactly yeah and we'll talk a little bit more about swift remote studio in a bit but yeah we wanted to jump into wwdc i just did the episode with peter and as of the release of this episode, WWDC would have been a week ago, but there's still uh, so much for us here in present day that we can talk about. So what's been your favorite tech thing that you've delved into in the last few days from all the talks at WWDC? Well, I haven't I haven't actually like experimented with anything yet, but there's a couple things that have come out that, that I'm pretty excited about. I'm actually like in the in the Swift UI. Uh, what's new in Swift UI? Uh, I'm pretty stoked about the the navigation stuff that's coming out. So that the navigation cookbook video has some really great examples of how to use the new navigation stack and and uh, uh, the what is it a split view and all of those kinds of things. So it's it, really great stuff and you know nice code examples for us to use. Yeah, like I was really impressed with it when we did the last. When we did the recording, I was kind of a bit skeptical about it, but just based on that cookbook talk, it seems like it's a bit more powerful. Like what I'm what I'm scared of is I'm going to delve into it and be like, oh, no, like you can't do this thing that I just kind of assumed that you could do based on the API. But it seems like the is it navigation stack Yeah, where you can like set up paths and then they have this. Gosh, what is it? Is it navigation item where like basically you can because the way they showed it is you have a path set up right yes and this path will then allow you to to set up the the path in your application to whatever child there is and then i started looking into the way like one of my big questions was just watching that talk was like okay but like they had the recipes right so they just had like an array of recipes for each generation uh within the navigation stack then I'm like, what if you don't have a recipe? What if it's a different thing? And I guess there's like an any any handler navigation. Is it was it navigation path navigation item? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, uh, it, it is path, and they they have a if you have mixed data, then you use navigation path. Yeah, the, I I thought when I saw this, I thought, wow, this is this is actually kind of the way that it should work. You should just tell the navigation, this is what I want to navigate to. Yeah. And it just does the work for you. And so that's what that's what they've done with this. It's, you can still use the old old ways to, to some degree, but this this makes a lot of sense. And be able to create those paths and be able to restore your state from that. It's really cool. Do you have some existing Swift UI apps out there? I don't. Most of my stuff, yeah, most of my stuff is uh, of my own is a UI kit for now. Uh, but I'm the, okay. the project that I'm sort of working on the side, to, you know, that I've been trying to get off the ground is Swift UI. And so that I'm very excited about all these changes because it's kind of like it'll it'll make more sense. 
do you feel like you're at a point where you're like, for my UI kit stuff, I should start migrating it to Swift UI? Or are you like, no, stick with what I have. Anything new I might put in that app, I'll do it in Swift UI. Or where are you on that that spectrum? Yeah, I think it's a kind of an as needed thing. I, I'm typically I will at this point, I'm gonna be Swift UI going forward, especially that huge okay. message that they gave us, you know, I think it was during the platforms state of the union. Yeah. We talked about that in the last episode. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I figured you did. And, and I, uh, I just thought, Oh man, that's, that's a clear message from Apple, what we should be doing. So I think it makes sense to start into integrating Swift UI where you can and really come up to speed on it. And typically it usually takes like three versions for th- things to mature to a, a nice usable level. I mean, Swift was the same way. And I think Swift UI in this version, the third third time around really seems kind of like we're, we're there. And with these navigation, I, I was just surprised that they were deprecating some of these things that were just kind of the standard ways of, of doing stuff. And like, we're already deprecating things. So um, it just shows that it's, it's maturing. I mean, they're not the the old way of doing navigation is not easily maintainable. So it totally makes sense that they they'll support it for maybe iOS 16, but like, yeah, in iOS 17, you better not be using navigation links and all that stuff anymore because they don't they don't want to support it. I bet that's kind of what's going on there, right? It's like uh, we know we had a temporary little patch here. Now it's like, okay, guys, like seriously, this is the way to go in the future. You mentioned Swift UI is three years old. Did you go to the birthday party? Uh, no, I don't go to the. No, you, <laughs> I don't know exactly what you're referring to. You do. You do know what I'm talking about? Uh, or are you talking about in the what's new in UI kit where they did the little? Yeah, uh, what's new in Swift UI? Yeah, what's new in? in I'm sorry. What's new? In, did I say UI kit? I'm looking at my looking at my notes here, and it says UI kit. Um, but yeah, the what's new in Swift UI uh, where they did the little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So that's where that was the one. Yes, that was the one where they got into not only that navigation stuff, but the compositional layout part of it. And like, there's like a layout protocol. Yes. Where you can do whatever you want as yes. far as like layout is concerned. That's amazing. That is like, I feel like they're giving us the keys to the car. You know what right. I mean? Where it's like, now we can just do whatever we want as far as layout is concerned. You want to build your own V stack, now you can do it. You want to build your own H stack, now you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was that was kind of an impressive move for them. But it made sense when you start thinking in the terms of like how collection view, UI collection view worked. Where you could either use their flow layout or you could right. get a little crazy and start building your own. So that's that's kind of the direction right, that right. they're taking here. When I saw that, I was like, aha, yes, this is the the path that, that we're taking. Do I think I would use that for something? I don't know. Maybe if, if there's some cool ideas out there. I saw an example today of someone had done like this honeycomb layout using the new layout stuff. And that was, that was pretty impressive. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, there's some interesting ideas. I think I saw a tutorial on that like last year okay. on how to do it with one of the grid, one H grid or V grid or whatever. Okay. And it was a, it was a lot, you could do it, but it was a lot of work. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like it felt like, like hackish in a way, you know, where it was like, yeah, this is how you do it. But like, is this going to be easily maintainable? Like that's, that's always been my thing with Swift UI is like, I don't want to customize too much if I am essentially making a big mistake, like 
two or three years down the road where it's like, yeah, this was awful. And now I have to maintain this ugly thing. That's not going to work in (laughs) iOS 18. It's like, why was I, why did I do that? You know, that's, that's kind of my philosophy on a lot of things. I'd rather just stick with what Apple gives us rather than trying to shoehorn it too much. But I mean, obviously if there's, there's probably times when you have to have to do that, but it's interesting that they gave us the tools in this case for, for the layout to be able to do very, very customized layouts. Right, right. What do you want to get into next? Do you want to talk about macOS stuff, or do you want to talk about forms or UI kit or what? Let's get to the UI kit in just a little bit. Let's. We talk about navigation. Do we talk about the? Did you, do you find the split view stuff interesting? Yeah. So what's the change there, really? Maybe you can explain it because I don't do a lot of split view type interfaces. Neither do. I, but they are, I guess they are, it's folding into this whole navigation. The new navigation is what it's, it's just a part of that. So that you, they now have this navigation split view thing where you can have, um, you can do two column, um, where you have the, the list on the side and then, you know, uh, detail view. Uh, and then there's the three column also. So that's the, the thing where you have the, the sidebar and then the list and then detail view also, uh, so they're it's like oh, they're making it a little okay. yeah they're making it a little more more flexible for us to do those kinds because I think that was very challenging or impossible before I'm not sure so yeah was that the one is the split view the one where you put the stack inside the f- detail part and then you put a menu in the main part is that right yeah the the very simple list or example they give you have a navigation split view and then you you have your uh, like your categories view inside the first you know portion of it and then they have the content section that you put your the list this is for the recipe thing and then the detail has the actual recipe detail so it's like three three distinct uh, areas and then i think in the detail you might be able to do more navigation kind of stuff too i'm not sure but i think that's what they were trying to to show also that you could even uh nest that further okay that's pretty awesome. I think that's the one where like they, they specifically mentioned that, yeah, you don't get that exact split view on watch or TV, but it carries through in its own way. So if you want to build yes. a multi-platform app, there's still, you could still use that and not have to recode it for watch OS or TV OS, which is pretty sweet that they're thinking Apple's in the responsive web business. Right. So now they have to like, <laughs> they have to make sure that, uh, their stuff looks good on all their devices. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you're more of a iOS guy, right? Yeah. My, my typical jobby jobs work that we do is all is iOS, mostly UI kit, but we've been incorporating Swift UI where, where we can, where it makes sense to do so. So that's at least on the projects that I've been working on. So you went and you listened to the talk on what's new in UI kit, right? Yes. What did you see there, I guess? Well, they've, they've done some interesting things. A coworker of mine was, was really stoked about this new title menu thing that they have where you can, you can have a, a title menu that you can do things like edit and rename the, the title bar uh, just right there. Oh, okay. And it has sort of an, almost like a context menu that appears. So you, if you enable it with the style, you can, it, it'll have a dropdown. And that gives you, they have default actions like export print and you can have custom items, uh, the whole, you know, rename, move, those kinds of things. I, I thought that was interesting. It was hard for me to figure out how I would use it, but it was 
it was cool. UI calendar view is also a new thing. And I, I thought there was a counterpart nice. to this in Swift, in Swift UI. But maybe I'm missing that. There's like multi-date select. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something like that. I saw that in SwiftUI. Yeah, I was wondering if these are just two flavors of the same thing. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and watch watch it yet again. Yeah, and this has this supports the multi-date selection in the UI calendar view. They updated the page control. You know how typically you have the you have little page, three dots at the bottom. Now you can you can invert it so it's vertical which is useful in some some circumstances if you're doing like a vertically you know, okay. order oriented pages. And then you can also change the view on those, the indicator to be, I guess it's a UI image. Yeah. It looks like a UI image for whether it's selected or not. Yeah. Those are, those are pretty cool. Um, the thing that really, I don't know if you want to talk about the thing that really blew my mind, but yeah, I do want to talk about the thing. What okay. blew your mind? <laughs> the, they talk about the, the thing that, okay, before that, they talk about uh, images and these, uh, you can actually have like graded images based on variable values. And the, the one that they give, like, okay. like a Wi-Fi signal. So you can tell it, oh, it's at 6%. And then it will actually choose the correct image that represents what 6% looks like for that based on a, a, okay. an array, you know, a, a selection of symbols. So, um, so that's pretty cool. But the thing that I just, they, and they left it to the very end, it's almost like the one more thing kind of model, which is that now using this thing called UI hosting configuration, you can build custom cells with Swift UI inside UI kit. So you have this UI hosting configuration and inside that, and this is useful in UI collection view and uh, UI table view. UI table view. Yes. Okay. So now you can actually write Swift UI inside that this, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what did I just see? So you don't necessarily have to go to another. You know, you don't have to choose list or whatever. You can use UI collection view, but then you can also use Swift UI within that. So that's pretty powerful. I, so you can have a UI collection view with Swift UI views as table cells or collection view cells, right? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's there. Like, I think we're going to see more of this where it's like, by the way, you can use Swift UI in this little piece of UI kit and Swift UI in this little piece of app kit and Swift UI in this little widget. And eventually, like, UI kit will just be a skeleton in your app with Swift UI views, you know, sprinkled throughout, I guess. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because today, I mean, I, I actually was working on a project where I had to do the. Swift UI inside UI kit. And it, I, it occurred to me that I hadn't really done the whole UI hosting controller thing yet. So that for me, that wasn't. Oh, really? Okay. That was new. I had worked a little bit with UI view representable, you know, and those kinds of things, but not, not the, uh, not the other way. I'm sorry. Did I say UI? <laughs> I'm getting all my terms messed up, but no, I, but no, you're right though. UI view representable because you want to be able to put a Swift UI, or you want to put a UI, UI kit thing inside. Inside, yes. Inside a Swift UI view. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And then then going the other way. And it, well, the beauty was that it just it just worked. It was amazing. You know, you going going yeah. back the other way. Yeah, I've used both and it's it's been pretty seamless yeah. as far as going back and forth. If anything, it's the friction of the two patterns, right? Like that yes. to me is the biggest friction. It's the fact that UI view controller expects delegates and all sorts of stuff. And yes. Swift UI view expects publishers and observable objects and state objects. And like trying to plug those two together is tends to be like the biggest, biggest challenge. Yeah. So the example they showed in this was very, what's the word, I guess, rudimentary or a very simple example 
for UI hosting configuration. But there, there is another video that's either coming out. I don't know if it's out today, but it's called Use Swift UI with UI Kit. And I think it's going to, it'll give more information on, on that and more details, a deep, little deeper understanding. So I'm looking forward to checking that out too. We'll have to check back with you on that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else with UI Kit you want to mention before I jump to? I think that's it. That's really what I want to get into is like Mac stuff. So I, I didn't really, I haven't had a chance to listen to or watch App Kit or the App Kit, but I'm like, my biggest friction lately just like is big, building Mac apps and Swift UI and just how hacky it feels like. And so like, I'm kind of in a position where it's like, do I go, can I just go Swift UI and then just like patch things together with NS view representable or whatever the heck the thing's going to be or view controller representable. Like, should I go that route or have they made it robust enough? So like what I want to w- watch this week is like app kit talks and app. I think there's the counterpart of the one you were telling me about UI kit with Swift UI. There's app kit with Swift UI too. So cool. Yeah. What other talks have I go ahead? What, what have, what else have you been watching? Let's see. I've, I've basically covered all of the what's new things I think. So, you know, Swift UI, Swift, UI Kit, and Xcode. But there was something with that I thought was very interesting that was mentioned with regard to the Mac, which was being able to do menu bar extras. You probably already talked about with this with, with Peter, but... No, no, no. Menu bar with Swift UI. Like, yes. That's a big deal. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Because we all want to build a menu, another menu bar app. So, so that we can see if we can touch the, 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 what's it called at the top? The notch. Yeah. The notch. Make it to the notch. <laughs> Make it to the notch. <laughs> I, I've, in fact, I think that was, yeah, that was one of the things that I had in my, my, uh, uh my notes was, uh, that I captured because I thought it was, I haven't really wanted to necessarily make a whole Mac app yet, but it was very interesting to see what can be done with Swift UI today. And then being able to do the menu bar extra, which was not previously possible or it was very difficult to do. I guess you could you could probably hack it together in some way, but to have it be a first class citizen, I think that was very telling. So yeah, I, I think I would be really really interested in doing some Mac development in the future. Before I was an iOS developer, I always wanted to do Mac development, but never had the op- opportunity. I was in Windows land, I was, you know, so and doing .NET and all that kind of stuff. And so my exposure to Xcode, like most people in the last. 10 plus years is is basically iOS. So having them open up Swift UI for us to do Mac development and make it uh, and as I guess it'll progressively get better. I think that's what we're we're all kind of wanting and waiting for it to to happen. Now I know and you have a few Mac apps already, right? Kind of. I've speculated, right? Oh yeah, that's the one. Um, that's the one speculate. Yeah. Which we could talk about that a little bit. Like they now have the ability where you can import like a 1024 by 1024 image. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it'll build all the icons for you. Now, obviously, that's taking a raster image and just shrinking it. But like now I'm like, uh, do I keep do they do they finally Sherlock Speculate? Because what Speculate does is it takes the SVG file and it it, you know. Makes it makes it into a PNG, I guess. Yeah, PNG for every app icon size or image set, so that you can already use SVGs and image sets. They already Sherlock that part of it because you can use the SVG in in image sets since last version of Xcode at least. But you can't use a SVG in an app icon, which is where Speculate comes in. Right. 
there's benefits with a SVG file because it's vector and it's going to look better for each size. So like, I'm a little bit like, should I keep, should I, because I have ideas about what I want to do with Speculate. Now it's like, is it even worth it? Is there a business case for it? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think there is. I When I saw that, and of course they're like, look, it's magical. <laughs> you know? so, and then I, might, I thought, well, that PNG is probably a raster image. So how you're, we're just going to entrust this to you to shrink it down. So I, I don't know. I, I guess when I work with images, typically I, I, I've been done most of my stuff just with sketch. I haven't moved much beyond that to any other tools like Figma right. or any of that kind of stuff. And that's typically what I've been, been using, even though speculative was very interesting to me and I don't, haven't really done much work with SVGs, but um, having a vector, I think the important thing is having a vector source, right? And so this conversion of the PNG to, you know, you hand it a 10, 1024. Another PNG. Yeah. It makes me nervous, but maybe, maybe they figured it out. I don't know. Hey folks, it's that time of the year again. Conferences are starting up. We already just had the announcement for WWDC, but there's one developer conference I have talked about. This is probably the third year and that's 360 iDev. It's a fantastic conference that you should definitely check out. It's had guests that we've had on the show, like Joe Chaplinski, Ben Chatelaine. We've even had the organizer, John Wilker, on the show just talking about conferences and, and how they've gone uh, last year. It's a really good conference. I'm planning on going in person, regardless of whether I speak or not. And you should you should definitely do it too. They do have a remote option as well. And if you use the code Empower Apps, then you will get 20% off. So I highly recommend taking this opportunity right now. Go to 360iDev, get a ticket for the show as soon as you can. You get 20% off. It's in Denver or remote. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. There's going to be a great set of guests. I can guarantee that. We've had some of those guests on. Folks like Ariel Michelli from App Figures and folks like Joe Chaplinski, Ben Chatelaine, and more. So take some time, go to 360 iDev, and I am really looking forward. Let me know if you are going, because I am really looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks. Right, right. And I think like, so I, I talked to, not this year, but I want to say last year or two years ago, I talked to one of the design lab folks about it. And they're like, well, ideally, and they talked about this in, in one of the talks this year, it's like, you want to make sure your app icon looks different for each size because certain line weights or you might like things like that, that you might want to touch up. Right. And so the idea with speculate would be is like, if I ever figure out how to do it, right. Is that you have certain like CSS type filters where you can be like, for this OS, add the background or turn this layer on, turn this layer off, make this line bigger, make this line shorter, have like little modifiers. That's kind of like my dream goal for, for speculate. But yeah, it's like, it, it's a lot of work. And also like, is there even a need for it? So I'm still like, I'm trying to gauge that, like whether it's worth it to a lot of people. Cause a lot of people, they just like, they're like you, they just use sketch and like it works. And then they just check in all their PNG files into their, source control. So I don't know. I'm a little bit on the fence up about it now that they have it in Xcode and most people will probably end up going the lazy route. And I would too, just using a 1024 PNG and calling it good. But 
I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I have some other app ideas on the Mac anyways. So it's like I could always put that one on a back burner and I have other other apps anyways to, to keep me busy. So that actually make money. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. I, I would say don't don't give it up just yet, because I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what everyone's general uh, opinion of this feature is. And I'm sure people will be very vocal about it if it doesn't work. Right. We'll we'll hear about it. Or if it's amazing, I'm sure then maybe yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what I should do. I should put it on the back burner and just kind of wait until that Twitter storm comes, where it's like this feature sucks. We're going to stick with Sketch and Photoshop, and then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, good. There's still a need. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. You said you watched what's new in Xcode. I did too. What's new in Xcode, Evan? Yeah, let's chat about. Let me let me go over my uh, my <laughs> Xcode uh, memories here. That actually, it, to me, it felt like it it moved along quite a bit, and that was that was in fact that's where they talked about the the taking the 10, 1024 by ten twenty four and uh, popping it in there, and and my note literally after that was wait what because <laughs> I had the same reaction that <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it right there I, I have I took a screenshot of the the little food truck cart by itself the ten twenty four and underneath wait what because they did, they just kind of said well there it is. Magic happens. Bye-bye. And so they didn't really talk much more. There was a couple of things that I, I, they mentioned in the, the Xcode presentation that someone else had mentioned to me and I didn't catch it before, but it's that now evidently when you, your, uh, your method definitions will be sticky, like, you know, like uh, section headers in a table view. So that's kind of interesting. Is it fixed? Yeah, it's fixed where it's like, it's, it's a uh, bumps up to the top, right? So it's kind of like regular static. I'm talking CSS talk here. It's regular static. And then when you go, when you go above, then it becomes fixed and on top of everything. Yes. Yeah. Which is very cool. There's some stuff with errors too, where it'll like, let you know, certain errors are old and certain errors are new. The autocomplete looks better. We should talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah. I thought that was really actually the, the new autocomplete features that they talk about were really, really interesting to me they they talk about how like uh if you have a a method that has default values like when you start typing it it'll now make them it'll be italicized and so then you can actually start typing that thing right after so the the example they give is card view and the the missing or the, the one that has a default value is header icon. If you start typing H-E-A-D, it'll fill it out so that you can fill it in, fill in that value. If you right. don't, then it'll exclude it and just assume you want the default, which is really pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, i trying to think what else I want to mention about Xcode before I go into other Xcode stuff. I mean, it's a smaller download. It's like eight gigs. I don't know if you downloaded it yet. That was impressive. That's a big deal. Yeah, I, I thought something was wrong. When I saw that, <laughs> when I saw the download, I was like, it's this, yeah, it, 7.6 or something, you know, eight gigs. I was like, wait, what happened there? It doesn't, uh, it, Peter and I talked about it, but like, it doesn't, you have to go in and specify that you want the SDKs for watch and TV. Right. It doesn't download those with it. So I think that's probably part of the reason. Yeah, for sure. But I also looked at some of the talks on visualizing code builds Code build performance, I think that was in the Xcode one, but also the stuff with 
async and await. There's some more stuff in instruments for that. So you can visualize what's like, uh, what do they call it? Not a hanging thread, but something like that, where it's like a thread that just. Yeah. Yeah. It was hangs. Keeps yeah. going even though it's done. Yeah. But that's, that's awesome. Like I am interested in, I'm interested now in more in like async and await and really taking advantage of it than I ever was before, especially now that we're two OSs and I feel a little bit more comfortable uh, jumping into it. Yeah, totally. I'm on the same, same page with you there. It, it's one of those, yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm kind of behind the times because I don't feel super, super facile with async await yet. And so I, I would like to be able to get a little more, you know, knowledgeable about it and, and I guess better at using it, I guess. And uh, I don't know. It's basically what you were saying. Yeah. One thing I want to, talk about was there any other WWDC there's one WWDC thing I want to mention that we talked about in the last episode that I want to come back to but was there anything else you wanted to mention WWDC related I think so but the you know the 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 build times was impressive they talked about parallelism they kept saying parallelism parallel improved or increased parallelism in Xcode and uh they had that they showed the gr- They're selling those all those cores. You better take it. Exactly. Yeah, that's Makes right. Sense. They, yeah. They, they showed that graph of what a regular build used to look like over time. And then it, they showed it now. It was collapsed with uh, two times faster linking and 25% faster. Um, so, yeah, more cores, better speed is what they said, I think. So, yeah, we selling us the core. Mac, Mac. M2, M2 Max, you better that's take right. it. That's right. <laughs> So last time we talked about so-called developer mode. Have you looked at this? This is the shortest talk this year at WWDC is what is developer mode. I watched it. So essentially what developer mode is, do you know what it is? It's to, you actually have to go in and enable it, right? To be debug on your device. Right. Yes, exactly. So it sounds like Apple's been listening to a lot of these hacking stuff. I think that's at first I thought it was a way to get us to use to like portless iPhones, but now it's like, I think it's a hat. It's a security prevention thing because I think a lot of these things that have come out in the last year or two about like people who've gotten their phones hacked. Part of it has been that they've switched to some sort of development mode to where it's like, it's allowed apps or different things to get in and do all sorts of havoc on your privacy. So nefarious things. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard news stories about that. So luckily here in the U S at least it's not been an issue, but I know other places it certainly has, but that's what developer mode is. Okay. Short talk. It's worth, worth watching. I put that on my list because it, because it sounded important because they kept saying, you know, you have to enable. Well, you got to like restart your phone. I, I don't, I think it was just iOS that they talked about. You have to uh, actually watch OS too, that you have to restart the device after you set it up and then mm-hmm. like, then it's in developer mode and that's it. Got it. Okay. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm uh, speaking of developer mode. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that they uh, deprecated my test devices. <laughs> so I don't know if you, Peter, talked about that yesterday, but uh, the whole... I have an iPhone SE first gen, and I knew. I knew that was going to... I like. I was like, oh, well, for one thing, my six-year-old accidentally busted the screen on it. So, you know, whatever. It was an accident. I don't care. Those are not... Those are pretty old devices. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a sign. This device is going to get deprecated. So, yeah. I, I did buy a few iPhones recently, so I bought uh, a 10R and a SE2 because I knew I knew that yeah we've we've been on the same iPhone models 
like two versions, three or two versions of iOS. So like, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that they got rid of. I guess it was the 6s and the, that series, but I was surprised about the seven. It's a seven. It's a but, it's a seven. Yeah, seven and below. And the, or, and the SE and the 7 and below. Yeah. yeah. So no more whatever that screen size is. The old iPhone 5S screen size. That's yeah. gone. Yeah. You know what else they deprecated? My my 2015 MacBook Pro. Does yes. Does work with Ventura? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That thing is uh, not long for this world, I can tell. The battery died on it. Yeah, because I, I replaced that with the M1 and MacBook Air, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not surprised at that either. I have a 2015 MacBook Pro sitting on the shelf there, and th- like yours, the screen has gone out, and it's just, it, yeah, it, it's done. It, especially now that they've yeah. they've cut it off. It's a CI machine, but I don't know how long it's going to last being a CI machine, honestly. So we'll see. Yeah, if you can't, yeah, that's a good point. I got, I got to build. It's my one Intel Mac. I got to keep it as long <laughs> as I can. <laughs> so I want to, before we close out, I want to talk about your, your project Swift remote studio. Do you sure. want to, I'll let you go ahead and explain what it is. First of all, you've been a wonderful uh, sponsor of the show. My pleasure. And it's uh, I've been an active member of Swift remote studio. So um, I want to let you kind of explain what it is sure. and yeah, where it's at, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I wanted to thank you because you have been one of the most active members. Uh, there's a handful of us who have been showing up for the you know the Swift Remote Coffee on 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 Monday mornings. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. I, I think it's great. I mean, we get people. You know, one of our members is from Ireland, and he shows up on the Monday morning call. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's been a really great experience. Uh, the whole thing was. I talk about it at length at my the last uh, episode of iOS Dev Break, but um, I, I don't mind chatting about it because it, it was it's very exciting for me to see how it all uh, how worked out. So I was involved in the Y Combinator startup school uh, probably two years ago or so, and what was interesting was that they set up this thing every month where you could arrive and they set up a, a Zoom meeting. And you would go to various breakout rooms. Uh, there would be one set up for maybe marketing or those kinds of things. And people would be in there talking back and forth. And that was all very, you know, what you assume in a Zoom kind of meeting of all of these you know, startup startup founders. But one of the things that they also set up, which, which really caught my eye and it was very interesting to me, was they set up a few breakout rooms where you would go and you would not talk. And you would go in there and it was a silent co-working. And so you would be in there with a handful of other folks and they would be all working on their startup stuff. And uh, if to me, because I didn't, I, I'm completely remote. I'm always working here at home. I don't usually go to an actual physical co-working, especially during the pandemic. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's um, for me, that was, it was just kind of like this in just lurking way of it was kind of helped me to, to, to focus a little bit and being with people kind of like when you are at a physical co-working, you, you're working there and there's something about it being around all those people that makes you kind of want to keep you know working and focusing a little better. So that was the first thing. Then the second thing that happened was that last year at uh, 360 IDEF, which you were at, those of us who were remote attenders, we just a, a few of us uh, would like at lunchtime go off and spin off uh, another Zoom meeting and be there and hang out in in the Zoom thing for, yeah, yeah, for a little yeah. bit. 
and then come back when the session started up again. So uh, all of these things kind of got me thinking like, hmm, maybe there's something here where people like to just kind of get together and work together. Uh, and so that's where, where the, the concept was, was born. And then, so I came up with this idea of a co-working service, but also a community. So there is, well, the way that Swift Remote Studio works today is that there is a co-working that originally was powered by Zoom, but now it's, it's powered by a tool called Remotion. Which is great, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It's super cool. And, uh, I've been in contact with the, the folks at, at the company and they were the ones who actually re- reached out to me and, and said, Hey, if you want to use it for your co-working service, uh, you know, here's the, here's the, here's the URL, go ahead and sign up. And I was like, okay, sure. And actually once I started using it, then I just knew I was like, okay, zoom is done because that, if that was such a hassle, I had to, I had to restart that zoom meeting every day run it for 23 hours and 45 minutes or so, and then kill it every day at five 30, start a new one. Yeah. And I used my, my good old, my trusty test devices, my iPhone sevens became my, uh, zoom keep alive devices that would keep the keynote presentation that you would see when you arrived anyway. So, so that all, um, that all went away once remotion came in. And then I was able to focus on the community side, which is currently powered by, uh, a service called Circle, okay. Circle.so, which is, it, it's a good, it's a good service, I guess all in all. And then we got the, uh, so I launched this, uh, kind of did a soft launch back in October, went through a lot of changes and, and then kind of like the big, uh, the big launch came earlier this year. And uh, the, uh, especially when the, it was mentioned in iOS dev weekly, which for me was like amazing. That was, and then, you know, some, there were some problems and things that happened then, but, uh, with that, with that, uh, bigger launch. And, okay. um, so it, we got a few, uh, kind of a, a large group of people that signed up, but what I thought was kind of strange was that, uh, there was a lot who, who signed up, but didn't show up. And so that, to me, that, that made me go, Hmm, maybe the messaging around Swift remote studio isn't exactly what it should be, I guess. And so it, it's, um, and right now the service still exists, but I kind of put everything on hold mostly because it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of work to keep the community side going. There's a lot of membership things. There's Stripe, there's the circle stuff. There's, uh, just keeping the content refreshed. And, uh, plus I had originally intended to have, uh, sort of mini conferences and those kinds of lunch and learns, which we have had. And that's been, it's actually been a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot more work, I think, than I can handle at the moment. So I did kind of, uh, I've backburnered it a little bit for, for now, but, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens in the future with it. I think it's a good concept, but I just don't know if it's, the timing is right right now. Do you, what do you think is something you'd do different if you did it again? Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, well. Or launch it again, I guess. I think what I might try to do is have, this is sort of what I'm seeing right now is that I need people to, or yeah, I kind of need to have one or two other people to help me with those other aspects of managing the community and the marketing. I mean, or, or find something that does it all for you. So, uh, and and honestly, I've kind of toyed around with the idea of just collapsing it down to just the co-working to see if that works and, and see if, 
and, and if that's interesting to anyone, because I, I didn't really see much participation on the community side. And plus, there's so many other community things like uh, there's, you know, various slacks that people are all joined into. We know from this week how much community stuff there is. Like, I'm just like trying to, I'm just trying to stay on top of the official Apple Slack, let alone all the community ones that are out there. It's just like, like, oh, we have this watch party. Oh, this watch party. Oh, it's like, I got, you know, I do have exactly. a job. like And a family and, you know, all these other kinds of yeah, responsibilities. <laughs> this is, like I said, this is the last day of school, uh, the date of this recording. And it's like, I've got. I've got a ton of, I have so much other stuff going on in my life right now. So I, I totally sympathize with you stepping back from uh swift remote studio. I get it. I get it. Totally. 100%. Yeah. It's not a hundred percent dead. Yeah. Uh, it's still, like I said, it's still running for those who are already members and it's uh and so that's, I know you, I've seen you come in and out and uh, there's a couple other folks who are kind of the regulars and that's been, that's been awesome. So um I think if someone was really, really interested and they wanted to to join in, um, they could probably, you know, DM me on on Twitter or something like that and work something out so that they could at least try it and see how they how they like it. But uh, it, you know, so I think we may have to have another incarnation of this in some way, and I haven't really figured that whole thing out. Or relaunch or something, yeah. Right, you totally can do that. Yeah, but, there's uh, there's no problem launching more than once. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, using a different system than Circle, because Circle is is great and it really works for other communities, but it's expensive and not as much. That's a big deal. You know? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I don't know. Okay. There are other things out there like discourse, you know, so that well, and those can be run on DigitalOcean, you know, fairly cheaply. So maybe maybe that's a, another thought is like, you know resurrect this thing as a free service and maybe with some sponsors or something like that to help cover the the costs or, or I don't know. I haven't really thought it out, but I haven't, I haven't completely thrown it overboard. It's more like it just hit the the pause button for now. So we can figure out what exactly this, what version two should actually look like. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. It's, it was a fun, fun while it lasted. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be back again with Swift remote studio. Yeah, we'll see. I also want to get back into app development and I, and I have, you know, my, my, my jobby job and all these, you know, so <laughs> doing, managing all the community stuff was, was kind of, was taking away from all, all of the fun stuff that we like to do, you know, and, uh, it was the experience. businessy management stuff that you don't want to do when you start any new project. Yeah, I get exactly. It. Yeah. Conversely, that's all you have to do when you're, that's what you have to do when you're running a business. So, um, so that, yeah, that to me, right. that's a, that's a big lesson learned as well. It's like the it was an innovator's dilemma where it's like, I want to be, I want to have a bakery because I love making baking stuff. And then it's like, good job, you have a bakery. Now you have to spend eighty percent of your time on marketing, taxes, accounting, and exactly, like, exactly, yeah, yeah, precisely. Evan, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fantastic. If someone is interested in joining Swift Remote Studio, where can they reach you? Um, I think they could uh, they could contact me. You know, probably on Twitter is probably a good idea. Uh, my Twitter handle is Evan K Stone, so you can just uh, either DM me or you know just uh, t- send a tweet and mention me. Uh, I'm also I have my uh, the email. You could also send an email to me at uh, Evan at SwiftRemoteStudio.com, and that that should work too. And what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, the podcast is iOS Dev Break, and uh, there's Twitter uh, feeds for both uh, the podcast. It's at you know at iOS Dev Break, 
And then for Swift Remote Studio, it's at Swift Remote because they didn't have enough room to put studio on. So just left it at Swift Remote. So, so yeah, so you feel free to, to uh, follow, uh, follow me there too. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Leo. Appreciate it. Thank you for, for having me on. It was a lot of fun. People can find me on Twitter at LeoGTN. My company is Bright Digit. Please take some time to post a review, or if you have any questions or comments on YouTube, go ahead and post them there. You can also post a review on whatever podcast player. Thank you again for joining us for another WWDC episode. We'll be back next week to talk about another exciting WWDC topic. And that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.